When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso. How you doing? How you doing? Another day, another dollar. Let me hear you holla. Are you living, learning, and loving? <laughs> I am so pumped for today's episode. But before we get into it, you know the drill. Go to YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Jessie Mae Peluso. Click subscribe. Check out the videos if you want to watch the video to the podcast. That's where they live for now before I can reveal to you other things that are being released. My Netflix show will be coming out soon. I've got other goodies that are lined up for you. I'm back out on tour. My new tour dates will be posted. You can go to jessiemay.com. Those should be posted this week. I will be touring August, September, October, November, and December all throughout the country. We're going to Key West, Boca Raton, Minnesota, Arizona. Uh, Where else are we going to be? Syracuse for New Year's Eve. Syracuse, tell your girls. We've been switching. We're switching shit up this year. Normally I do Thanksgiving week, but because both my parents are dead, I decided to switch it up. That's a perfect way to heal when you're going through grief. You got to switch up your routine. We're switching it up this year at Syracuse Funny Bone, New Year's Eve, one night, two shows only. Tell your friends. January or December thirty first. I don't know when New Year's Eve is. December thirty first. <laughs> Funny bone. That will be available on my website this week. We're switching it up, motherfuckers. Let's ring in the new year together. I kind of feel like twenty twenty one is the same as twenty nineteen. Or wait, what year is it? Twenty twenty. Both these years have been complete trash. So they kind of mesh into one, and we really need to send it out. Send it out on its ass and welcome in the new year. So do that with me. I know it's so early. You're like, bitch, New Year's Eve. It's not even summer yet, but I like to plan ahead. I'm also going to be in New Jersey, Connecticut, New York, New York, um, a bunch of other dates. So I'm excited about that. JessieMay.com for tickets. And yeah, that's that's the, the, the gist of it, you guys. Check out the YouTube page and go to my website to check out when I will be touring. And this episode, I am so excited. This guest is somebody who has helped me improve my own learning techniques and process. And you guys know I've been on the eternal journey to improve my mind and my brain health ever since my dad was diagnosed and died from Alzheimer's. I like to seek out individuals who sort of help me along that process. And this is one who I discovered through Lexi Atkins, who was actually on this podcast years ago. But um, this individual is an author, an educator. He has taught techniques to uh, uh, so many people with amazing results. He has addressed more than 150,000 people in live audiences each year in every field of manageable. Um, He's also served as the brain coach to top personalities in sports and entertainment. And he has trained many of the world's leading companies and universities. Also heads a large accelerated learning online platform with students from 195 different countries. 
This guy is amazing. He has tens of millions of downloads and books available. He is a top educator and really a forward thinker. Everyone, welcome to the podcast. The host of Quick Brain, Mr. Quick Brain himself, Jim, I'm also a nerd, Quick. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ran about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're gonna get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. I'm so pumped. I'm beyond pumped. My brain is pumped full of all of the good chemicals for this conversation. I have been looking forward to this for some time, and you guys have already heard an extensive intro, but the one, the only man with the limitless brain, Mr. Jim Quick is here. How are you, sir? I'm amazing, Jesse May. Thank you. Let's get that. Let's get the brain pumping. Please. With all your, your amazing listeners. I am so excited to talk to you. First of all, congratulations on being on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine. That's pretty dope. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's um, this, uh, this shy little introverted uh, kid. Um, my, my, yeah, my teachers would have been surprised if I, I read a book back in school much less uh, wrote a book or was being written about but um you know i'm on a mission you know the cover uh, it was they covered called it the article upgrade your brain which yeah I, which is uh, so cool <laughs> yeah so i know that's what we're going to geek out about uh, you know i just i just love our brain i think it's like the most fascinating thing and when you understand how your brain works you can work your brain to help your focus to help your memory to help these men these lapses and and just get more done you know nowadays there's so much demand so there yeah. is so much demand and there's so much pull and one of the things you said that I loved is that our brain is our most precious gift. It is. And for someone like you with your history, you know, you I read about and you were very open about your head injury that you sustained as a child mm-hmm. and being dubbed the boy with the broken brain. Yeah. That had to have an immense impact, if not the driving force of why you are where you are. Yeah, I think... Um you know, for people that have seen me in videos or maybe see me on stage uh, where I'll do these demonstrations or maybe I'll have a hundred people stand up in an audience and memorize all their names or stuff like that, crazy stuff. But I always tell people I don't do is to impress you. I really do is to express to you what's possible because the truth is, whether you believe it or not, everyone who's listening, you can do this too, regardless of your age, your background, your education level, your financial situation, your gender, your history, IQ. It's possible. We just weren't taught. And the reason why I know it's possible is because of that traumatic brain injury I had when I was five years old. I had these severe learning challenges, poor focus, poor memory. I mean, it was tough. Teachers would have to repeat themselves over and over again. And I just would pretend to understand, but I didn't really understand. 
And as you mentioned, you know, when I was, when I was nine years old, I was slowing down the whole class being teased for it. And a teacher pointed to me for the whole class and said, that's the boy with the broken brain. I would like to go to her house and leave a flaming bag of poop on her front porch. Yeah, that wasn't too But she's an instrumental person in your life. She was. And then she put me on this trajectory. So it's one of those things where you just don't know. I mean, my inspiration really was my desperation. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa, say that part again. I think my, my inspiration for doing this the past few decades really was my desperation. And I think that sometimes adversity, you know, can be an advantage. Hell yeah. You know, our struggles. I mean, my two biggest challenges just made was that it was learning. And because I was such a bad learner, I would be so phobic of public speaking. You know, I would, I would, I would shrink down. I would, I would always want to be invisible. I wish that was my superpower. I would sit behind a tall clear because I never had the answers. And uh, I would do a book report work really hard on it. But if a teacher asked me to present in front of the class, I would actually lie and say I didn't do it and take a zero. And uh, it's kind of interesting. Like my two biggest challenges growing up were learning and public speaking. And, you know, the universe has a sense of humor because that's (laughs) all I do. I just public speak every day on this thing called learning. And so, uh, you know, sometimes you can take your mess and turn it into your message. Yeah, your challenge becomes your gift that you can yeah. give to other people. And it's funny, I was drawn to you. Actually, I had Lexi Atkins on my podcast years ago, who yeah. is, you know, an actress and also um, someone who's furthering her health and education. Um, and she introduced me to you subsequently. And I similarly, as a child, always had a learning disability. I didn't sustain a head injury like yourself, but I always felt unheard. I felt like I learned differently. And because of that, I actually was shipped to a different school each week. Wow. That I, to this day, we always joke about it in my family that I was, I went to a gifted school. <laughs> and I laugh because it's been such a running joke because I still, um, exhibit signs of somebody who has some learning issues but i was you know i learned a lot from this gifted school we learned like greek mythology and english literature and you know these classes that were for college students but i was like in grade school and i was stimulated there and and i say this because you know you mention a lot in in your teachings and something that I also agree with our education system truly fails our students in so many ways. Now we both love teachers. You've expressed your love of teachers. My mother, my late great Nancy was a teaching assistant. This Mm -hmm. is in no way, shape or form to dumb down the effort and love that good teachers have for students. We're talking about a systemic issue that exists within the education system and you said it really great. You said our education system is like a horse and carriage right now. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. And I'm glad that, uh, that Lexi connected us, you know, she's a, she's a wealth of information yeah. on, on wellness and just, just healthy living. Um, she yeah. had sugar-free ice cream. I was like, girl, back up off my ice cream, but also can I try it? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think we live in an age, you know, modern age is autonomous electric cars. You know, they're making spaceships that are going to Mars. But our vehicle of choice when it comes to education is often a horse and buggy. And it's, it's not, again, yeah, I, I, I love teachers. My, even this teacher that said the boy with the broken brain, you know, I think, you know, in all fairness, she was coming to my defense. You know, she was trying to right. point out to the other kids that I was, um, you know, like somehow uh, maybe, you know, have these challenges. Right. But I just, all I remembered was that broken 
broken brain part. Um, my mother became a, a special education teacher to help me because she was so frustrated not knowing how to help me. And she became passionate about working with kids. That's so, um, that's so like I read that and it like, yeah. touched my soul. Like the amount of love that your mom has and had for you is just that's that can get you through alone but continue yeah i mean i think we all need somebody to everyone somewhere but all of our life like no, no one is truly self-made you know we all had influences in our life we all need somebody yes. to care for us to encourage us during difficult times to cheerlead for us maybe to be kind to us maybe to call us on our own you know bs sometimes <laughs> you know and if we haven't found that person you know i always said tell people you know, be that person for somebody else, especially be that person for ourselves, you know, because yes. I feel like a lot of times we have to be kind to ourselves. There's studies done in self-compassion that say when you beat yourself up too much, you're actually less likely to follow through the next time. So if you just didn't work out or do something, you know, meditate or whatever you're supposed to, you know, said you would do. But um, if you're kind to yourself, you're more likely to uh, to follow through. And so that positive reinforcement is, is important. Um, but yeah, in terms of schooling, um, you know, mad respect for teachers and educators. We train a lot of them around the world from Finland to the South Korea, to obviously all over the United States. Um, it's just sometimes the methods, you know, school is a great place to learn uh, what to learn. They teach you uh, math, history, science, Spanish, but there are not a lot of classes on how to learn. You know, there were no, there wasn't a class called focus or concentration. Oh, God, I would have, I would have, first of all, I would have failed it, <laughs> but how I needed it. You're right. You, you yeah. talk about it's learning how to unlearn how yeah. we've been taught to learn. <laughs> I, I think a lot of what, what I do as a profession, as I coach individuals is just unlearning bad habits that we picked up in school because our school system hasn't changed a whole lot. They say if um, that guy, Rip Van Winkle, the guy who slept for decades, if he woke up today, the only thing he would recognize in the whole world are schools, right. are classrooms. And, um, and again, um, I just feel like one of the things besides social, emotional learning in school is um, learning how to learn, I think is the most important skill for all of us to to embrace and to study. Because if you can learn how to learn, you can, you can grant all your own wishes. Right. You can apply if you can focus and remember and read and understand and think and you could apply it towards math or uh, or music or martial arts or Mandarin or marketing, management, money. Everything in your life gets easier. But school, there was no class called memory back in school. That would have been really useful. You know, really so useful. Yeah, they teach you what to learn or what to focus on or what to remember or what to think. But they don't necessarily teach you how to learn and how to focus and how to remember or how to how to think. Um, and so, like, when you get frustrated with yourself about not being able to focus or maybe your kids aren't focusing or your teammates, aren't, you can't you go to them and say, you know, focus. But that's like going to somebody and say play the ukulele right who's never really played ukulele, never taken a class on it we've never had those classes we're just it's just assume we know how to do it but um the truth is we we aren't and the amount of information now is so different you know every single year there's more and more information and it's doubling at dizzying speeds but how we retain it and learn it is the same so that growing gap i bet a lot of people feel stressed right you I mean how many emails and and mess social media messages and books and all this just stuff we're drowning in information but you know we haven't been taught how to swim or how to how to how to surf or how to paddleboard right and uh, and that's what i'm all about teaching people how to um catch up how to keep up how to get ahead by accessing the most incredible resource that we have which is um 
found between our ears. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, like you said, the, the one thing that I keep coming back to because I, I do so much like psychology based work on myself, yeah. meditation and, and for someone like myself, slowing down really allows me the capacity to, first of all, identify my blockages and be more cognizant of how I occur. Um, I do, you know, I, I'm somebody who's very emotionally intelligent when it comes to that sort of um, learning curve and, and what I'm good at. And I, and when it comes to what I know I'm ha- difficult, what I have a difficult yeah. time with, it's focus and retention and all these other things that you've mentioned in Limitless, which I'm taking notes like a crazy person. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> you should see my, that's what I need to do. That's how I learn. But the one thing that we've always been told is knowledge is power. And I love how you say, well, if knowledge is power, then learning is our superpower and our capacity to learn is limitless. And so much of that is based on how we speak to ourselves Mm. and what we're saying to ourselves in the process. And you talk a lot about that. Um, And the one thing I want to say is you started to get into it, the over-processing that's going on in today's society and culture with the integration and advancement of social media and our online technologies. Um, you said something really informa- really important and interesting, and I was wondering if you could expand upon it. You said the ubiquity of information and something about the ubiquity of opinion. Mm-hmm. And so how is the over-processing and in, in information that we're getting every day affecting our opinion? Yeah, I mean, we talk about it. So in um, in Limitless, I talk about the four kind of horsemen of the mental apocalypse. <laughs> and um, and I think everyone can relate to, to one or more, probably all four of these. Oh, yeah. All uh, four right here. Yeah. <laughs> you and can it, go through those. I would love for listeners yeah, to know what you're talking about. It's, 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 it's driven by technology. And um, and I, I'm, I'm very pro-technology. It, it allows this to happen. It allowed us to connect. Right. Exactly. There is an upside. <laughs> yeah. Huge, huge upside. It makes our lives so convenient. And yet, um, you know, it's technology is... is fires of technology it could it could cook your food or it could burn down your home it's just how it's applied and, and embraced i guess you need to put that in a book jim yeah, that's the next that's the next book title but the um but it's one of the things the first one is digital deluge which is i coined a term to to mirror the information anxiety that we have right the amount of information we, we're drowning in information it's like like we're taking a sip of water out of a fire hose and we just can't keep up i mean how many people listening you buy books and they stay unread they just sit on your shelf and it becomes shelf help and not not shelf help, help. <laughs> it's shelf help sitting there just sitting there that's hilarious because so many people are really good at buying books you know on amazon or at the bookstore and support your local independent stores of uh, this way yes please the six that are still out there yes please um <laughs> And, um, but you know, we, we're not, not taught how to read it. Not a lot of people are struggling with it or they'll read a page in a book, get to the end, just forget what they just read, you know, cause we're so overloaded and it's actually a term is called information fatigue syndrome. Oh, I <laughs> know. Everything's fucking have that. Uh, man. Everything's a syndrome nowadays. So it is <laughs> Do you higher, pill too? <laughs> exactly. Higher blood pressure, a compression of leisure time, more sleeplessness. I mean, we don't, we have a, you know, all the symptoms, right. Um, cause there's information and data everywhere and it's just going to get worse, you know, but how, again, how we learn it is the same. So that growing gap creates that stress. But the second one besides digital deluge is a uh, digital distraction. I mean, how about that? How do you maintain your focus in a world full of rings and pings and dings? 
app notifications, social media alerts. I mean, we're driven to distraction. And how are you going to get things done? How are you going to get through your to-do list? You know, if how are you going to, when you meet somebody, your mind is, you know, going elsewhere. You're reading something and you get, you know, your imagination takes you someplace else. And so I think focus in concentration is a superpower. So we talk about that. Um, digital deluge, digital distraction. Another one, digital dementia. Uh, this is a real term. It's where we're using our devices as like external memory drives. Oh, and- we can't remember anything because we're so dependent on it. It keeps our to-dos. It keeps our calendars. It, I mean, think about phone numbers. You know, when we were young, we remembered, you know, a lot of phone numbers. But, you know, most people don't remember how many phone numbers do we know now? I can remember like three from and when I knew high. everyone's number. I knew my exactly. boy, my boyfriend at the time, Kevin, who remembered my number enough to call me and break up with me over spaghetti. Ooh. My mom was making spaghetti. And he told my yeah. mom I was cut. Yeah, yeah, we, 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 we hate, we, we don't like Kevin. We don't like Kevin. Not at all. And so, but it's funny how those things stay. Like you probably still remember like those old numbers, but today, you know, it's not that you want to memorize 500 phone numbers, but it should be concerning. We lost the ability to remember one or a pin yeah. number or passcode, right. You know, or, or, or what, you know, hotel room number or something we just read or a conversation. I mean, I believe two of the most costly words sometimes in our life or in our work or I forgot, you know, I yes. forgot to do it. I forgot to bring it. I forgot that person's name. I mean, it just goes on and on. So that's digital dementia. The idea here is, you know, my, my shirt says, uh, you know, use it or lose it. It has a brain on it. And it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. It's like technology, like an elevator. If you live in an apartment building and you have to take the elevator to go three floors or an Uber to go five blocks, when you could have walked those stairs, you could have walked, you know, down the street, there's a, you know, there's a physical toll because we're not using right. our body. And if you put your arm in a sling for 12 months, it's not going to grow stronger. It's not even going to stay the same. It's going to atrophy. And that's where the digital dementia is saying that, you know, if we're too reliant on our devices or technology, we're not using the most important technology. And, uh, you know, a personal coach, like a personal trainer will make your muscles stronger and faster, give you more energy, more flexibility, more pliability. Well, I want your, your, your mental muscles to be that. I want your memory to be stronger. I want your, your brain- neuroplasticity. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I want your brain to have more energy. I want it to be more flexible in your thinking. And that's what I want people to eat. It's use it or lose it. And finally, the last one, to come back to your point, um, you have digital, again, you have digital deluge, digital distraction, digital dementia, term I just coined called digital deduction. And digital deduction is basically deduction like deducing, thinking. Um, It's interesting, kids this generation are testing less, less proficient in analytical, logical, rational abilities. Um, And they're blaming or attributing technology because technology often teaches us like you know what to think and algorithms it's interesting whatever you engage with the most you get more of all oh, those and echo so, chambers are dangerous exactly and that's why and you, get, you don't get to see another point of view because it's just feeding you the things that to validate your own opinion and so we're not exercising you know our ability to think and life is all our th- our lives are a reflection of our thinking you know, up to this point, And yet we're not really taught how to be creative, how to solve problems, how to make better choices. And there's, there could be processes for that. you know, the number of them we put into, into limitless. Yeah. And, you know, for me, when I was reading through those four horsemen, I know that 
each one of them has affected my life in so many ways. And it's, it's such a creepy little, it's like a snake in the grass. You don't even see it coming. You don't even realize it's effect on you. You don't even realize you've been bitten until you're like, Oh, my ankle's swollen. And I might, I need to, I need to cut this thing off. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, we live in an age where you, where you mentioned where knowledge is not only power, knowledge is profit because most of the people who are listening to this. It's not like it was back in the industrial age or agricultural age where it was more brute strength. Today it's brain strength. Well, for me, I do love a brute strong dude, but that's that's neither here nor there. That's a procreative choice but, like, but mind and but mind and body like are the perfect team right they say they really that, are yeah like yeah you know that, i mean regardless of you know what our attraction strategy is i mean we probably like you'd have to say the brain has to be one of the most important sex organs you know in that's, terms a, of, that's a good statement and i never thought about it like that but when you think about it the thoughts are originated up here yeah, everything comes from there. And yet, you know, that it doesn't come with an owner's manual or brain, right? And it's not user friendly. And so I I wrote the book Limitless as an as an owner's manual for our brain. Because you buy a piece of technology and it comes with an instruction manual, but there are no instructions and your brain that's why they say we use such a small percentage of the potential of our brain. I mean, we all use, right. we use all our brain, but some people use it much more efficiently than others. That's another thing you were talking about in the book, you know, like that movie Lucy. And I know I've been told or have heard, oh, we only use 10% of our brain. And I've always wondered about that. I was like, how is that possible when I know for a fact through reading and learning about dementia and dealing it with my father, dealing with it with my father, mm-hmm. that music is one of the things, especially when played an instrument or playing an instrument, it engages all parts of your brain and i know from having scans done and talking to other professionals in the industry you use all parts of your brain and your brain is engaged it's just like you said how much potential is being untapped yeah it's it's like we use we use 100 percent of our bodies most of us also right it's just some people my ex-boyfriend didn't but that's (laughs) i see if i see a little bit of pattern here um (laughs) It's, it's, it's one of those things where it's uh, we use 100% of our body, most of us again, but some people just their bodies are just more fit and healthy mm-hmm. and they can do things easier than it would. Like if somebody who's fit and trained and healthy, they could, if they have to go up Runyon Canyon or, or whatever, they, they can do it with ease, you know, and it's can be very comfortable for them when somebody who doesn't have the, that same level of fitness or health or skill, they could be very a struggle right. and equate the same to our, our mental muscles. Like we use a hundred percent of our brain, but some people have, you know, it's a lot easier for other people. And some people have the right strategies, uh, you know, also as well. And um, I'm sorry to hear about your dad. You Thank know, you. I, I lost my grandmother to Alzheimer's. And so we donated 100% of the proceeds to the book, every dollar to uh, Children's Charity for Education oh. and Alzheimer's Research. Um, That's amazing, Jim. That's truly a, a selfless fleet and so needed because it is, as you know, like also dementia is the number five killer in this country. And yeah. that's a that's too good of a it's succeeding too well <laughs> and, and you know and it's hard to describe to somebody who has doesn't have a loved one or know somebody who's had you know brain aging you know challenges or conditions you know when people start losing their memory they they, they almost lose like who they who they are yeah it's a, it's a very there's a lot of dignity a uh, cost of dignity in the disease for both the loved and the ones that are diagnosed with it it is a brutal brutal disease and but like you said you know, for yourself, someone who sustained a brain injury as a child and being told you're the boy with a broken brain, it gave you, 
you know, it's like your weakness becomes your superpower. And for me, losing my dad has in some way, shape or form become a part of my superpower, you know, using my voice and my ability to connect with people like yourselves to bring information to other people, you know, wow. I just got, I just got goosebumps. You I did. Goosebumps. <laughs> That's so amazing how people could use incidences. And somebody told me, I don't know if this is true that, um, Mothers Against uh, Drunk Driving that was started by somebody who lost their their child into a, to a drunk driver. Yeah, yep, exactly. And How you can take your pain and turn it into purpose. Early. Pain can become purpose. And, you know, it's funny you say that. I was listening to NPR with Charlize Theron and she was talking about, you know, growing up in South Africa and seeing, you know, the apartheid live and going through segregation live and feeling a responsibility because she was this white person growing up in this segregation. And uh, the pain of that becoming a purpose for her to drive to advocate for people. So I think it's something that is possible for all people to find drive through the trauma and pain of whatever your existence is. Um, yeah, but- well- well put. Well put. Thank you. <laughs> I, um, you were speaking before about, you know, somebody who is strong and has the ability to run up a hill or achieve physical greatness a little bit easier than somebody who isn't quite as physically astute. And you reminded me of other things that I read in the book and, and have felt in life where those are also uh, difficult feats when you have like what you discuss limitations and mm-hmm. those s- limiting thoughts, those lies that we tell ourselves, you know, you can only achieve what you believe. And, you know, a, a big question I had that I sort of wanted to save for later, but I'm all about going with the flow of water. Like Bruce Lee, you gotta, you gotta be, be water. So I'm going with the flow of water. Um <laughs> What what do you say to people who, you know, like yourself, you are a, an Asian man, you, uh, I'm a woman, we're minority in society's culture. How does somebody who has been repressed on a societal level with those lies in their mind and those ancestral lies they've been told, how, how can someone like that apply the laws of limitless yeah. to their lives yeah that was a big question but it, it, yeah, 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 yeah. we're getting into it at 25 minutes but <laughs> it's here no 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 i mean these these are i love these kind of questions um so i really do believe um, our, our environments and our experiences uh shape who we are with without a doubt right i wasn't born with this idea that i was broken it was imprinted on me when i was you know when i was a child and there are all forces that could uh influence the way we think and as you said you know as we believe you know we we achieve but if we have these limiting beliefs that we're not good enough or um, that we're not smart enough or what have you all behavior is belief driven right even something simple like you know, I always tell people your brain is like a supercomputer and your self-talk is the program it will run. So if you tell yourself, you're not, I'm not good at remembering names, you will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your supercomputer not to. And so these thoughts come from a lot of influences, right? From uh, society, from marketing, from media, you know, uh, from, from ourselves, from our, from our parents. And, uh, and a lot of these thoughts, you know, we never sat down and really, you know, stood guard you know, of our mind and saying, okay, this is, this is a good thought to have and just kind of let it, <laughs> you know. this thought will serve me great. Exactly. This <laughs> we don't, we 
don't talk to our thoughts enough. Exactly. And the truth is, we don't have to believe everything we think of ourselves, right? We don't have to believe everything we, every thought that we have. And so a lot of it, what you're talking about in terms of mindset, culturally, at a micro level, it's an individual, but at a macro level, you know, when we're dealing with society, communities, a nation, our world, you know, there, we also have a global beliefs about things. Right. And I call this just put everything underneath mindset. You know, mindset is a set of assumptions and attitudes about something. So mindset, it could be your attitudes, assumptions about equality, your attitudes, assumptions about justice, your attitudes, assumptions about money, about, about your work, about your own personal worth, you know, things that would fall in that category are things like what I believe is possible. You know, and if people don't have uh, references for possibility mm-hmm. representation, right, it's going to it's going to limit what they believe they're capable of. Right. So what I believe I'm po- what's possible, what I believe I'm capable of. And also what falls under that also is what I believe I deserve. Oof. You know, if 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 a person feels marginalized. Right. Um and in, 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 in some way, uh, there, there's some kind of separation. They might not even believe they deserve um, that uh, level of respect or that income or something else. And so, you know, there, the truth is not everything is equal. That, that's just the truth. That is the truth. Right. That's like, a harsh truth. Yeah. And so it's better. And it's, it's nice to be optimistic, you know, but like, I don't, I'm, I'm not a big believer in negative thinking because I don't think a negative mind can yield a positive life. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think, I think we have to be realistic about it. You know, where are things? And, and the truth is things are not equal. You know, people, the truth is not everybody has equal um, opportunity. That's just the truth, right? Not everybody right. has equal income. Not everyone has equal connections. Not everyone has equal access or to educate clean water (laughs) exactly oh yeah and so and so knowing that and then it is absolutely true and you control the controllables right like what can you control so maybe you can't control everything going on with the economy but maybe you could do the best you can with your own personal economy maybe you can't change everything with health care insurance and all this stuff but maybe you can manage your own personal health care for you and and your loved ones you know there's a quote in limitless um, from a french philosopher and he says life is the c between b and d yes c between b and d and uh for everyone's listening b stands for birth D stands for death, C life choice. And you know, what we do have is we do have this free will, right? If you watch the matrix or any of these things, it's like always when this, you know, the main character, you know, that makes this choice to believe in him, in him or herself to be able to do a new behavior, to have the courage to be able to face that dragon or that demon or whatever you have. But it's those choices that, you know, help define us. Right. And, you know, while the choices we've made, like, where are we going to live? You and I were talking about like, you know, different places to live and what are we going to choose as a career, what we're going to eat, you know, and what are, what we're going to think all those choices make it, they add up. And I believe these decisions are important because Difficult times, they could define us. Yes. Difficult times, they could diminish us. Or difficult times, they could develop us. You know, ultimately, we decide. And so what I would say to anybody who's struggling right now, that life is, is not 
always fair, certainly. And, and what can we do right now? What is one small, simple step, you know, or simple steps you can make each day to make progress? Because limitless is not about being perfect. Limitless is far from that. Limitless is about progress. It's about advancing beyond what you believe is possible, what you believe you deserve, maybe what you believe is you're capable of, you know, and a lot of times people can't do that because they just don't know what to do. They're inspired, but they don't have the instructions because they don't learn it in school or they're not getting it from their job. That's why I have a huge, mad amount of respect for people who are listening to your show, right? They watch you on YouTube. They listen to your podcast because those are people who are self-selected. They say like, Hey, you know, I, you know, traditional education will get you traditional results, which yep. nowadays you don't want, you know, you don't want traditional health or, you know, the, the traditional, like, you know, and meaning in life for most people have. And so one step in another direction can completely change your destination. And so while the life is not fair, you know, how can we be an example? You know, how can we do some things each day so that when we put our head down on that pillow at night, we feel like we made some kind of progress you know, in our life. And it doesn't have to be huge, you know, because little by little, a little becomes a lot. That stuff really adds up. It sure does. And, you know, for me, my, uh, I just recently sold a, a company I invested in and it took years. And um, Congratulations. thank you. And my partner and I, almost every time we talk, we would say incremental progress Hmm. because, you know, with so much of the business we were in, there were setbacks and and limitations and adjustments. And so we'd make five, six steps forward and then 10 back. And so we would just have to remind ourselves of this incremental progress. And it kept us motivated. Those small steps forward, even though we experienced some setbacks, we knew that we still had control and choice to make these small steps, these small accomplishments. And that's such a great point. You know, you spoke about choice. Like we do have choice. Our free will is ours and it's a muscle that we can work on strengthening and learning what our setbacks are when it comes to making those incremental progresses in any direction, whether it's an investment, whether it's an investment in yourself, your health, your wealth, whatever it is. And, you know, you talk about the, I guess the three M's, I don't know how, how we want to phrase it, but mindset, um, motivation and method. And you spoke a lot about mindset it, which is um, your your thought process, right? Your um... yeah. it's it's just the assumptions and attitudes of what we hold is true, like what we believe about ourselves and believe about the world, believe about anything. Um, you know, like those three M's. I call it the limitless model. I mean, everyone who's listening right now, do do this quick exercise. Like, think about an area of your life. We talk about limitless is about progress. What area of your life do you feel you're like you're not making progress? Where do you feel stuck? Where do you feel like you're not saying, yes. you know, like, where do you feel like you're in a box? Is it in your, in your job? Is it in your, your relationship or lack thereof? Is it in your physical health? Is it in your personal fulfillment and happiness? Where do you feel like you're not, you're not changing, right? You're not, you're not advancing and you feel like you're in a box. Well, we know that box is you know, is three-dimensional, right? And the three forces that keep you in that box are also the same three forces that will liberate you out of that box. And I, and I, and I think those three forces, you know, can be represented by this limitless model, the three M's. What holds you in that box is your mindset or your motivation or the methods you're using. So think about everyone, like that area where you feel like you're stuck. What keeps us stuck is either our belief or our mindset that we don't believe it's possible 
get out of this box, to make that money, to have that relationship, to have that body, whatever. Or to make Brad Pitt my boyfriend. Exactly. exactly. So is it a mindset issue? <laughs> um, and maybe for some people, they can believe like that you, you know, you could well, well believe that it's, it's absolutely possible and you deserve it and it's going to happen. I do. And yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. Absolutely. So then you're, that's not your issue. Then the second thing would be motivation. Like, do you, are you feel motivated to, to make that happen? Because some people could believe they could have the great body or the great, you know, the, the hundred thousand followers on Instagram or whatever. Right. But they, they're not motivated to do anything. So they're still stuck in the box. Um, or they could be using, they maybe have limitless motivation and limitless mindset, but they are using bad methods, you know, like, you know, stalking Brad Pitt and sending him love. Like maybe that's not the best. I feel triggered. I feel triggered. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I also feel seen. I feel seen. (laughs) No, but maybe they're they're going about the wrong way in terms of methodology. Maybe you have a goal of making this money and you're motivated and you have the mindset, but you're going, you're using old tactics for investing or in entrepreneurship or dating or, or, you know, you want, maybe your goal is to have those, whatever the six pack abs, but you know, mindset motivations there, but you're using old, you know, techniques to exercising and dieting and everything else like that. I, I use this as an example for what I teach because a lot of people do have a mindset that they can learn and they're motivated to learn better. They want to learn languages and remember names, but the methods they're using are just old, you know, just like this whole system hasn't changed. They're using old reading techniques. They're using old memory techniques, yep. study techniques, old methods for focusing when there's we've discovered more about the human brain in the past 10 years than the previous thousand years combined you know and we're fine as we're grossly underestimating our own capabilities so i believe that it would make me really happy in my my dharma on this planet is to be able to help people fall in love with their brains again you know to make the brain the center because it controls everything else our relationships our decisions and how we live our life and do little things to the brain so that everything gets a little bit easier in their life because they deserve it you know yeah I mean, most people i mean a few of people that i can think yeah. of probably don't at least yeah, I, mean, I would say most people success i think it's two parts if anyone be, wants to be truly fulfilled i think it's about having the curiosity to know yourself and then that, that's why you meditate or journal and right. therapy you have the curiosity to know yourself but then have the courage to be yourself so know yourself and then be yourself which is hard when you're when we're so scared of other people's opinions oh my god who gives a fuck you know Right. So then that's a big challenge for people because, you know, we shrink down to fit this like little box that people want to put us in. So know yourself and be yourself. Yeah, unless you're 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 a jerk, then don't, then please be somebody else. Yeah, please be somebody else. Please, <laughs> yeah. please work on being a better version of yourself. Yes, please. I think Dr. Seuss said, don't worry what other people think about you. Those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter. Mm-hmm. And that's the name of the game. You know, Dr. Seuss is the OG of dropping those bombs. (laughs) You know, Um, I have a real question for you since we're keeping it real. Do you really believe that everybody has this vast potential? Yes. Undoubtedly. Wow. hundred percent. You know, I've been, I'm starting my 30th year of teaching this, you know, which is just kind of crazy, kind of crazy. And we have students 195. Because you, you literally look 30. Like, seriously. I'm like, okay, since you were I started, one. I started when I was negative two. <laughs> um, and we have students online in 195 nations. So we get so much feedback. And I can't tell you 100 plus stories a day that make you cry. What's one of your favorites? Like, what, is there something yeah, that stands I mean, out? The one that started me on this whole, you know, journey is, uh, and you read about in the book, is one of my students, when I first learned this at age 18, 
I was really pissed because I was just like, why wasn't I taught this back in school? You know, simple things I could have done. I struggled every single oh day. God, I know. Studying and working three times harder than everyone else. And still, oh, and it felt like it felt like a waste, right? It was complete. And I felt like this life's unfair. I mean, all the stuff that, you know, would go through my, you know, uh, someone's mind, no matter your age or stage in life. And, and, but I struggle with, with my self-worth, you know, I, you know, besides the fact that I was bullied, you know, I was really, really, really tiny. And I was like the, like one of only two Asians in like our, in my, my schools. I will so kick I'm someone's ass. I'm going to yeah. kick your teacher's ass <laughs> and I'm going to kick bit. those bullies ass. Yeah. And it's you just said I was tiny. You were tiny. <laughs> I was just like this, this really like, you know, skinny kid. That, and then and, and I have this negative self-talk. So every single time I did badly in school or wasn't picked for sports, which was like all the time, I would say like, oh, because I have the broken brain. You're right. I would say that thing. And so those are, those are the things, again, like adversity, you know, lend up people. the things that I was most you know challenged with or maybe embarrassed about or ashamed you know like my parents they you know they they're, they're immigrants and my mom lived in the back of a laundromat that she you know she, her parents worked at my dad came at 13 lost both of his parents at age 13 didn't speak the language they couldn't afford to um to feed him so they came here to live with an aunt you know and but the things that you know we struggle with um you know, and everybody has their own story, right? We all have our own they story. Mm -hmm. it's, all, it's all different. Is um, you know, I found my solace in comic books. You know, if you people look follow me on Instagram, I have like a ten foot Hulk in my backyard. I Guys, a, Jim is a huge I, nerd. Huge I nerd. I am. I did that. <laughs> I'm all about the superhero journey because it's you know, and my then because the superheroes aren't perfect. You know, some of them are most like have the most challenges. Like most of the superheroes I admire that I have statues of, of and you know, I want to kind of relive. So I don't want to get into, like 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 you're my therapist, but I kind of feel like go ahead. Um, I'm hey. a lot of people's therapist. I'm I'm the poor girl's Tony Robbins. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Boney Robbins. Um, <laughs> I bet you know him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, but I, I think I'm reliving my childhood with all these like comic books and uh, superheroes everywhere because I didn't, I didn't feel like I had much of it. Cause I was always, you know, just, it was just not a pleasant time for me. Um, but the ones I admire the most, like are actually have the most challenges. Like uh, they're, and they're all, Actually, I didn't think they're all orphaned, you know, like uh, Spider-Man lost his parents, Batman yeah. lost his parents, Superman lost his parents, Wonder Woman lost parents. Like they had, and they had, and that's just, you know, it's had all these kind of, you know, you know, difficulties. Humble beginnings. Very much so. And yet you know, through that process, they've discovered and developed, you know, superpowers. And I think all of us have the ability, you know, not superpowers like fly and, you know, shoot lasers out of our eyes, but we could fly through books. We could Theoretically, have, yeah. We could have, we laser, could. You could have laser focus. You could have these. I can uh, stare. I can just give you, uh, you know, a side eye for yeah. an hour that will make that, you feel like you burned that, a hole in your a, stomach. That, 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 that's not a superpower. I, I don't know what is, but we all have strengths. <laughs> we all have traits. We all have, you know, certain talents. Uh, but just having a superpower doesn't make you a superhero. You have to use that power for good. Like you have a set of, of strengths, your ability to connect, your curiosity, right? Your charisma. You have all this stuff and then you use it to channel like wisdom, you know, bring it out to people. Like I think we could all do that. And I think that's when we actually light up. A lot of people on social media message me or they take, you know, they text me always, you know, it's all, they have all this contact place on Instagram. So I get all these messages and a lot of people complain about burnout, right? They're burnt out. They feel yes. exhausted. And I often think when I have conversations with people that they're not burnt out because they're doing too much. 
and they're busy. It's, it's sometimes we feel burnt out because we're doing not too much, but we're doing too little of the things that light us up, that make us come yes. Oh my and God. Finding that yes. passion. Like, I don't know how you came across like the things you're passionate about, but it's some people think it's predestined. Like you have a purpose and it's predestined or you're passionate. It's something that's just in the cards. And I, I actually don't have that. I don't agree with that. It's been my experience that, you know, passion is what lights you up and you have to give yourself enough stimulus, be around enough people and ideas that kind of see where your heart goes. Passion is what lights you up. And purpose is how you use that passion to light other people up. So my passion now, you know, for the past few decades has been learning. It never it wasn't that before. It was like the opposite, right? Because um, I hated learning um, or edu- at least education. You know what I mean? Um, and I felt like, and just I have to address this. It's I don't feel like, you know, like sometimes we feel like we're failing out of school. Like And like you mentioned, some people could feel disheartened because of it. But maybe you are failing, you know, school. Maybe school is failing you. Yes. So, and it's not I, how, I felt that for sure. Yeah. And so it's not how smart you are it's how are you smart i love that it's one of my i wrote that down it's one of the things i took note it's not how smart you are it's how, it's how you are. are how are you smart so it's how not are how you smart, smart. Are, it's how are they smart it's some people are trying to learn something it's like learning with the opposite hand you know when you want when you write with your if i ask everyone to write their name first and last with their dominant hand you could do it fast it's very comfortable most people could do it legibly you know good good quality but if i ask you to switch hands and write with your opposite hand first and last name it would not it would take longer right it would feel uncomfortable the quality wouldn't be quite as good and a lot of people are trying to learn something with the opposite hand but when they find out how they learn best they could apply it you know on a regular basis so my, my whole thing here is let's not downgrade our dreams to meet this current situation how do we upgrade our mindset how do we upgrade our motivation how do we upgrade the methods we're using to be meet our dreams and superheroes for me you know i take everyone through a superhero journey you see in the in the front of the book, you know, I lay out, you know, the five, like five stages that Joseph Campbell takes people through for the Great year. Dude. Great guy. All yeah. Right. So whether it's, you know, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz or Neo in the Matrix or Luke and Leia and Star Wars, there's this journey, right, where you're pulled out of the ordinary and brought into an extraordinary and you have to, you know, fight demons, you find a mentor and, and you know, and, you, and when you win, you go back to the ordinary world and you bring that treasured elixir and somehow you're making it, you know, I think you learn to earn so you could return right return so you could be able to share that what you're learned because a lot of people we hear about post-traumatic stress what we don't hear a lot about is post-traumatic growth and post-traumatic we we don't we don't promote the yeah so much what the fuck i know and mental health is one of those things where it's you know it's um you know, this awareness is so very important, you know, and, and the truth is people are struggling right now more than ever, you know, and also, you know, some things we can only learn in a storm, right. And going through that darkness and some people could claim and like, and just say, Hey, I am the storm, you know, screw it, you know, and then they just come out of it. And that, that's where that demand with challenge comes change that post-traumatic growth is saying, and I, I bet you somebody listening to this, they could identify that you've gone through adversity, some really hardship you wouldn't wish upon anybody. And yet at some part of your being, you wouldn't change it because through it, you found something you found, yep. you discovered maybe a gift or a strength or a realization, or maybe a mission, you know, something that came out of it. And, um, you know, and I think that it's a, it's an interesting perspective to hold, you know, especially now where people, 
you know, have loneliness, they, 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 they have depression, they feel sadness. And certainly part of it is biochemical without a doubt. For sure. And, and also what can we do each day to love ourselves a little bit more and not, you know, because Part of this journey is falling in love with the person in the mirror. Fuck yeah. Who's been through so much, but, but she's been still, through so much. She's exactly. been through so much. And she's still standing, right? I'm still standing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sing not, that to myself in the mirror every morning. <laughs> that's the end. And it's nice. And then, and we, you know, I talk about this a lot, but having that priming in the morning to do things like to get yourself in that place where you're just like, I'm going to win today. Fuck and you yeah. Make that decision like right up front, because if you could win that first, like, hour of the day then you have a very good chance of winning the rest of the day but you gotta start the day right i love that you um are a fan of joseph campbell and a lot of people i mean probably you know i have a lot of nerds fellow nerds that listen to this podcast because i'm also a nerd but um for those of you who are like who the f is joseph campbell i highly recommend you start with a hero's journey Mm. there are so many wonderful books Mm. flight of um what is it flight of the Gander, is that the one with the power, you know, power, power of myth? Power of myth, so man with great. a thousand faces. It's yeah. And if you if you're somebody who says to yourself, I don't know how to read well, um, which you should say according to Mr. Jim Quick, <laughs> I haven't learned how to read well yet. Yeah. There are audiobooks. Uh, Bill Moyers had a great um, series wow. with Joseph Campbell back in the day, which I'm sure you could find somewhere now. You, 100% on YouTube. 100% on YouTube. But so much of the literature that you love, these you yeah. know, comic books and so many movies would not have been made if it weren't for a hero's journey, the hero's journey. Yeah. And it's, I think it's part of our DNA, you know, that even before Joseph Campbell put words to it and stages to it, like, you know, it's going from liberation to freedom. I mean, yes. that, that's, that's like the journey. Every hero's journey is going through somehow, you know, there's, a, there's a switch, you know, along the way. And, uh, you know, and I believe that they're speaking of this. I think there's a journey we're all on is to realize and reveal our fullest potential. And I think our goal is to show up every single day. And, you know, there's a version of ourselves, a better version of ourselves that, you know, we haven't met yet. And the goal is to show up each day until we're introduced to that person. I think the reason why I poured myself into those movies and those comic books and my imagination is because I was in so much pain growing up as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, where I was. I did in- the same thing with comedies. Yeah. Yep. How so? Just absorbing them all. And yeah. you know, the, the joy that I would get just hanging out with my dad and us laughing and mm-hmm. you know, it was such a, an escape and a connection. It provided like a, a connection to my father and, and really, uh, you know, to, to see him, experienced so much joy because he was somebody who had a hard time expressing joy made me go how do i oh this is doing that to him i want to do that i want that power to be able to turn somebody who i love who i know has a hard time even though i'm an eight-year-old six-year-old child they tend to be the most keen and observant because they're not flooded with all of the pre-consistent notions and ideas and limiting thoughts and all those things that they sort of acquire throughout the years. I just was pure in the thought, Oh, that's the power I want. I want to be able to help him. And you like when you're eight, like around eight years old, young. Yeah. You probably even before that. That's remarkable. I, I just, I, I, was drawn to comedy because of that. And, and, you know, my mom was also a very funny woman as well. Um, but it was a, a communication 
tool. It was like a a, a breakthrough for me. You know, yeah. I, I was a shy kid, and and the learning disabilities that I had it provided me. That was my cape, telling yeah. jokes in where you retreated. I was out. I was like. Yeah. You know, I can't solve this math problem, but I can tell you something funny, (laughs) 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 which got me a desk in the hallway, but a lot of friends. Yeah. Yeah. My superpower. I wish I had that. I wish I had that. (laughs) Public speak. I was a public speaker at eight, Jim. So you and I can help each other. Yeah. That's remarkable. And it's funny (laughs) how those things that influence where we are today. Yeah. And and, and then if you didn't have those experiences or you don't remember those experiences, when would now be a good time to, you know, to make a choice to be able to do that? Because the best time that there was, there's a proverb that says like the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time today. Right. Yes. And so no matter what, whoever's listening to this, whatever age you are in your life right now, now is the best time because, you know, while it's scary to, you know, go after our dreams, you know, it's a lot scarier. Regret. Hell yeah. Regret's expensive, man. Regret causes cancer. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it weighs on you in ways that, I mean, I spent a lot of time, you know, well, not this past year, but in senior centers, just because, because I had lost all my, my grandparents very early on, you know, I think there's so much wisdom there. So I go to them and help them with their memories and everything, but that's amazing. I love that because there's so much wisdom, you know, people like I I learned from, I like to learn from everybody um, because I think everybody has, I think the life we live are the lessons we teach right? The life we live, our lessons we teach. And so many people have different experiences and I want to learn. And some people there, it could be an incredible example. And some people you learn as a warning, honestly, you know, in in terms of their life, but also at that stage, you also hear, you hear a lot of regret, you know, you do, do. you're right. Saying like they wish they could have or whatever, somehow they, they played small because Mm -hmm. some area of their life, because of what other people would think they didn't pursue a relationship because of what people would think about that relationship or they didn't, uh, or they only pursued a career because of it was expected of them, you know, or, or something like that. They always want more. You never hear them saying, I wish I did less. Yeah. And then the idea here is like, you know, if we fuel our life on other people's opinions, we're going to run out of gas, right? Because the truth is when we're taking our final breaths, none, none of other people's opinions, none of their expectations, none of our fears are going to matter. Or what's going to matter is the things you talk about on your show, like how we laughed, how we lived, how we loved, you know, how we learned, right? All those different things. And why not start from that place each day? Like it started like, you know, in the morning, just like, you know, everybody has a to-do list, but what's on, you know, what's on your to-feel list today? You know, how do you Ooh, want to your to-feel list? We need to make a to-feel list. Yeah. Like I want to feel like, I want to feel joy. I want to feel like, like laughter. I want to, I want to, I want to feel, you know, and then you could design your life around that because I think, you know, life, the key to a long-term memory information by itself is forgettable but when information what's combined with an emotion becomes un- unforgettable right when you think about like back in school the emotions we learned back in you know like we were lived in most people were either stressed or they were bored or had chimples you know? and you know <laughs> barely hanging on to their hymen they're like i don't know what is going to happen in senior year <laughs> Yeah. And, <laughs> and so like, but, but the idea here is like Maya Angelou said, people will forget what you said. I love this podcast from Hyman to Maya Angelou. We are <laughs> dynamic duo, baby. <laughs> uh, people will say they'll forget, they'll forget what you, 
said they'll forget what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And, you know, and just cultivating that, those feelings, because that that's life. You know, it's uh, like when I, yes, people listen to our podcast and read our books and stuff like that because they want to learn facts and figures and foreign languages. But I think memory, when it comes to memory, and memory is the largest chapter in Limitless. I, I wrote it in Greece. I found out the mother of the goddess of memory is actually the mother of the nine muses of art, literature, and, and science. Yes. So it, was, it was interesting. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you consider music being one of the things, yeah. smell, but music and smell being such a strong connector. Did you see that with your father? Yeah. You know, it actually made me think of a really funny joke, you know, because music is something that I learned that activates all parts of the brains and also is something that is sustained early on in our lives between the ages of like 16 to like early 20s where we're developing that sort of era the music is retained a little bit more for some reason so my dad when he was 16 through 20 like the music was you know you're talking frank sinatra and like paul anka and you know old time singers like that and so we played sinatra and my dad would sing the words you know he this is a man who couldn't form a sentence or say our name but he could sing the words to sinatra and you know also one of the last things he laughed at was a fart card like you open the card and it makes a fart noise and that brings me back to comedy and the importance of how you feel when you're laughing and how you know you remember jokes because of how you felt when you heard it and it's the same thing with like the fart card making my dad laugh because it made him feel so good and the music made him feel so good and it it made me think of like what's going to happen when I'm like 90 in the hospital am I going to be like is is my grandkid going to have to put on like my neck my back <laughs> like my pussy and my <laughs> Those would be classics. <laughs> Just the classics from no. Trina. Um, <laughs> truly bringing me back to my best time in life. <laughs> this is awesome. This is the best podcast ever. <laughs> I had a, speaking of thoughts, like uh, jokes, you know, we were talking about human potential. And yeah. you said, you know, human potential is one of the only infinite resources we have in the yeah. world. Um and then immediately my brain made me think of what the fuck happened with Hitler. I mean, I've always said this terrible guy, right? We can agree. Terrible human being. Maybe because of what he was able to succeed in such a horrible way, it could have become something great. His potential was great. We can't deny the fact that the man was able to accomplish something <laughs> horribly, but like the Michael Jordan of horribleness. So what there was something that triggered him to go in that direction when like somebody like Mother Teresa exists. So what yeah. makes those two people different? Because they both had an immense amount of fucking potential yeah. and went in opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, it's it's so interesting because yeah. we talk so much about the brain and we talk so much about choice. But then there's there's so many other factors at play that really throw a wrench in the trajectory of where that potential can take a person. So I want to know your opinion. It was just like a total, like out of left. Yeah, yeah. 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 What do you think went wrong with it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you think? I've never actually been asked that question in thousands of interviews. <laughs> we'll have to just do. Um, what know, went wrong with Hitler, Jim? Yeah. <laughs> um, just so, your personal opinion. So, so, you know, going back, 
Um, let's let's take the framework I talked about before: mindset, motivation, and methods. Yes. So you can analyze it, and it's just a lens to look at things through. And where, so if you feel stuck in any area of your life, your relationships, your contribution, your sales, your your body, whatever, right. is it a mindset issue? You know, I believe it's capable. Is it a motivation issue, or are the methods? Well, you know, you could also use this as an explanatory schema for people around you or people throughout history, right? Right. And so we could all agree that. Um, when it comes to motivation, that both Hitler and Patrice, mm. uh, I can't believe I'm forming this sentence out of my mouth. <laughs> we can all agree them that they were motivated, right? Right. That, um, they were motivated. And I have a formula for motivation people will see in our podcast or in our books or everything is purpose times energy times small, simple steps. But really that purpose, that why. He, like what gets you, if you want to be motivated to work out or to read a book or whatever, you need to feel like the why, you know, you want to be able to accomplish that, right? And so they had real clear whys. And right? very different um, whys. Very, very different whys. And in terms of that's motivation, even the methodology, how they want to about their things, very, very different. Can't very be, different. Can't be more opposed, right? Different methodologies. And they had a different mindset, you know, a mindset. Yes, they could believe everything is possible and that they deserve everything, but they had a different belief about about people. Right. Right. They, we can't they, say they, they both believed in themselves. Yes, completely. And they both believe that they're capable of it, certainly. Right. And they had different levels of motivation, the different kinds of motivations, but the high levels of motivation. And they had different methods or ways of processes to achieve that goal. But their mindsets were very different. Right. They're, again, mindset is what people the set of assumptions and attitudes about something right so different attitudes assumptions about humanity right attitudes assumptions about a specific you know group of, of people you know and so like all behavior is belief driven so if you believe people are good and that compassion is important right and you're there to be able to serve your behavior is going to match that but if your belief system is the exact opposite your behavior, it would explain people why they do what they do. Yes. And so I would say that 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 mindset came from somewhere, right? You know, from, from, from different experiences that people had growing up. Like, I don't know the specifics, but I'm sure there were just like with you, you know, and myself, we had certain inflection points, things that uh, shaped who we are, you know, as you had a young age and put us on a certain trajectory because it shaped our purpose and it shaped our, our mindset over things. And then we started to employ different methods, you know, and depending on, you know, what, what was working and, and not working. I'm just glad you and I are both closer to mother Teresa. Yeah. <laughs> there are some great sound bites in this, in this conversation. <laughs> you know, there's uh, there's so much I want to go over. Do I have you for a couple more minutes? Yeah, let's do it. Um, the one thing that this brings me to is you talked about your dominant question. Yeah. In reference specifically to when you were introduced to Will Smith and you're on set with him and he sort of, mm-hmm. without even knowing asked his own dominant question about wanting to bring more magic to the moment. I believe it was. Yeah. yeah. Which moment even more magical. Yeah. Yeah. And that really struck a chord with me because that's, it's not exactly my dominant question. I never thought about my dominant question, but it, it was the closest to it than any other thing I could think of in the moment. Um, I, I think, 
a similar question would be how can I be and bring more to the moment, which is kind of similar. Yeah, I like that too. I like that a lot. I mean, for people who are listening as context, um, we have about 50, 60, 70,000 thoughts a day. And a lot of those thoughts come in the form of questions. And you have part of your brain. It's called the reticular activating system. The it RAS, determ- y'all. The yeah, RAS. The RAS. <laughs> it determines what you're aware and where your awareness goes. Because at any given time, there's a billion things we could be thinking about. And so primarily our brain, you know, is m- more trying to keep information out because it's just too much, right? And what we let in are the things we care about and the things that are driven by the questions that we ask. And, and so... Like, when is Brad Pitt going to be my boyfriend? Exactly. As an example. Exactly. Or how is it going to, you know, and so, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're obsessed with how do I get people to like me? And that's your dominant question you're asking all the time, then your personality explains a lot of our life, right? You're going to start people pleasing. Your personality is going to change depending on who you spend time with. You know, people take advantage of you. You're, You're kind of a sycophant. And that's just one question. Just one question. Yeah. And for me growing up, you know, I was just always like, how do I become invisible? You know, and I would get answers all the time. You know, I get sick. Mine was how can I get people to love me? Yeah. As a kid. Interesting. And that would shape our behavior because that's where our focus goes. And whatever we're paying attention to, that would determine how we feel. That would determine what we're going to do. How we dress, how how we hang out with. Everything. Everything. One question. And so, you know, how to become, and I have become invisible so I don't get called on. No, it wasn't very useful. You know, I would make myself sick and go to the nurse's office so I could get out of class. I would, you know, sit all the way in the back and shrunk down and, and shrink. And, um, but later on, you know, later on, there was a switch. I started to ask myself because I felt like I was broken. How do I make this better? And that became my dominant question that mm. it's still one of my questions I ask all, you know, every day, probably a thousand times a day. How do I make this better? That's, that's crazy. And then all of a sudden you start be more in the moment. Yeah. All of a sudden you start getting answers. Like with the mm-hmm. Will Smith example, you know, we found out his dominant question is how do I make this moment even more magical? And as you said, we're on set, it's cold in the middle of, you know, Toronto, middle of winter. And he's like, it's 2am and he's bringing us blankets and he's making hot cocoa, even though there's a whole crew that would do that for us. And, and it's so amazing to hear cracking jokes. And he was telling stories and (laughs) he was living his, he was, how do I make this moment even more magical? And so (laughs) my challenge for everybody here, and I would really challenge you is what do you think your dominant question is? And I would ask everybody to take a screenshot of wherever they're consuming this, you know, wherever platform, YouTube, Spotify, wherever, and um, tag, tag us both, right? Tag us both in it. So we see it. So tag Jesse May, tag myself at Jim Quick, KWK. And so we see it and share, what do you think your dominant question is? Like, what's a question that you think it is? And then what might be a, maybe another question you want to start asking yourself? Like maybe if you want to, be a better learner. It's asking yourself, how can I use this? Yeah. You know, uh, when am I going to use this? When am I going to apply this? Another great, I did the interview with the, um, the author of, uh, effortless and, you know, he wrote essentialism also, uh, Greg McEwen and we were figuring out great dominant question. How do I make this more enjoyable? Yes. Another great question. How do I make a great question? Yeah. How do I make this easier? You know, and then if you don't, and you, you kind of ask and then, you know, questions are the answer. You ask and you shall receive, right? You asked me that in the beginning of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's such a great way to, to have a conversation. No one has ever asked me that in an interview form. How, how can I make this more enjoyable for you? Like, and yeah. it, it, you saw it, it almost took me off guard. I was like, well, 
I had to consider it. And, you know? and that's the thing. People, if they don't ask the question, they're not going to get the answer. And I think so much of our success comes down to the questions we ask ourselves. You know, if you always ask yourself, you know, why am I so dumb? You know, you're going to get all these answers that are not going to help you in any way, shape or form. But how can I learn this and enjoy it? Or, you know, how can I be able to be more present or how can I do whatever? How do I what's the even what's the best use of this moment? You know, like, like, like simple questions could change completely your, your destination. Absolutely. I, I love that you had and have a relationship with Will Smith. I have a quick little Will Smith scenario that happened. I was at the MTV movie awards years ago when, uh, I was on an MTV show and they sat me in the talent section. It was myself and my cast members. And I was behind, um, Macklemore and Gaga and right. I was directly behind Lil' Kim. Wow. And I actually, my ring got caught in Lil' Kim's weave. And because it was so long, I was able to finagle it out. She didn't even know. And a piece of, I kept a piece of her weave for myself, but that's neither hair nor there. Thank you very much. (laughs) Everyone take your ashwagandha folks. Um, And so I am up in the aisle just standing and Will Smith kind of breezes by and I'm somebody who seizes moments, even if I don't have a plan. And I love him so much. And so I screamed his name, literally like a pterodactyl. I screamed Will Smith and stopped him in his in his path down to Jada and his kids. And he was and you. Now that you know him, you know how nice of a guy he is. Really? He gives people he treats individuals as individuals. Yeah. And he goes, hey, he comes right up to me. We never met. Hey, what's up? Smile, totally genuine. And I was not expecting that. I thought a security guy was going to punch me and throw me into a body bag from screaming at Will Smith, America's (laughs) Fresh Prince. And I was just like, uh... I said, do you know what I said to Will Smith, Jim Quick, in my moment of opportunity? I said, I am legend. You said you said that out of everything you could say, you quote you quote one of his movie titles. <laughs> you say I, I am a legend. Or you say, I, I stuttered. I went I I am legend, and he went oh okay, and then just <laughs> that's the best. Will he went okay. That totally trumps my my story. <laughs> it was so funny, and fucking Matt Pinfield was behind me. He goes nailed it. <laughs> there's no point other than Will Smith is uh, a true treasure and yeah. totally gave me an opportunity Yeah, and I kind of fucked it up. So now that I'm a different person, I have a little bit more belief in myself and my self talk is a little bit healthier. I would be able to have like a conversation with him, like a human being, yes. but not so much back then. So what are you going to, what are you going to do next time you see him? You're going to like go start singing like, um, now this is a story all about how my life got <laughs> and I would like a minute to sit right there so I can tell you how much you Im- Im- impressed me and influenced my life. That's what I would say to Will Smith. Yeah, he was a huge influence. So I hopefully I get the opportunity because I will seize it. Let's, let's manifest that. <laughs> We're going to manifest my Will Smith and Brad Pitt boyfriend moments. Um, I love you so much, Jim yeah, Quick. Is yeah. there, you know, I want to ask you one last question because we've come out of such a tumultuous era. Yeah. I feel like the past pre COVID and everything has become its own era. Yeah. Um, for people listening who are 
you know, maybe like, ah, oh, fuck this, you know, I don't want to have a limitless brain or I don't want to <laughs> have to put in the fucking effort or blah, blah, you know, they're coming at, which it, it aren't many people because my listeners are pretty dope and we're all yeah. nerds and sapiosexuals in our own right. Um, what, word, word. I, it's, it's just the truth. And then, you know, yeah. I throw in a couple like ex cons in there, but for the most part, I'm a yeah. sapiosexual. <laughs> <laughs> how how can these people who have such negative self-talk yeah. have such a past of trauma and yeah. they're overloaded with uh, a heavy mind that doesn't allow them to think they have even have a choice what, how can they get into the motivation to yeah. embark on this limitless life yeah um going back to the mid mid conversation uh we we talked about how there's information that's everywhere and and we live in exciting times as 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 dark and as threatening as scary sometimes it is we live in a world full of abundance right we have we have more access in our with our phones than access to information than clinton did when he was in you know president right and so we could do so much uh we have you big like podcasts, YouTube, right? Like if you want to learn anything, you want to learn speed reading, salsa, Spanish, everything is there. So today, ignorance is a choice. What Damn, y'all. Ooh, Jim's coming for you. That's true. <laughs> but I'm saying that now I would say that anything you want in life, you can learn. And that's really what's limitless. And so what I would say to that person is, you know, we talked about negativity and it, it has its place. Um, but again, a negative mind won't yield a positive life. And so what, where can we start feeding our mind? And I, one of my dominant questions is this, I would offer to as the tip for everybody, is this good for my brain or is this bad for my brain? Is this good for my brain? Is this person good for my brain or is it bad for my brain? Is this, this thought good or bad? Is this food I'm eating, you know, like as I binge watch or binge eat, you know, X, Y, Z, not that it has to be perfect, but it's the consistency of it. So I would say after the year we've all had, our brains have been under attack and how can we love our brains a little bit more? And one of the suggestions I would have is, is just to is take up reading. I, and I know I lost a lot of people on that comment. Like, <laughs> but like if anyone ever seen me, like on Instagram with Oprah or Elon or the, these individuals, we, we bonded over books and that's yep. simply how it happened. Leaders are readers. And I'm not asking everybody to read like a book, a, a week, although it takes about 45 minutes a day to get through one book for the average person. Which is um, so relaxing, by the way. Yeah, like I would just say to, to read, even if it's just opening up the book and reading one line, because I don't think anyone's going to stop at one line. It's like stopping at flossing one tooth. No one's going to just floss one tooth. That's like, actually how I floss my teeth, though. Just but one, one, one that's one only because I only have a real one. The rest of them are chiclets. <laughs> Uh, so I would say, um, take up reading. I think reading is a great gateway habit to everything else. You know, first you create your habits then your habits create you and starting to read like just one page a day could change your life. Um, cause it really adds up. If people just read 20 pages a day, even if they're slow readers, they'll probably be reading 30 books a year. That's and a lot. Yeah, That's a good a, number. That will give you an MBA or a PhD in, in any category, you know? And so if you could, Somebody has decades of experience in relationships and comedy and investing and, you know, just a brain performance like I do. And you put it into a book and you sit down in a few days and read that book. You can download decades and the days and that's the biggest advantage. And how do you do it? Make sure you just schedule it. 
because if you don't, the number one productivity performance tool we have is our calendar. I love my calendar. Yeah. And people, but people schedule like their doctor's appointment or like client meetings or whatever. But when are we scheduling, you know, our personal growth? Because like you, you are the, the, you, you are the most important project you're ever going to work on. Hell yeah. Take time, you know, make time. You're the CEO. That. You're the CEO yeah. of your of yourself. You gotta. There's yeah. nobody else going to schedule a meditation hour for you besides you. Yeah, and create and, and take time, make time to create to create magic. And remember, like, and this is not the time to dim. So many people are dimming yes. their light because they're scared. It's like shining in someone else's eyes. And there's no reason to play small nowadays, just so other people could feel big, right? And I would just suggest, you know, if we have friends or family that, you know, like, why are you always listening to that show, a podcast or, you know, watching the YouTube that, 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 you know, that, that person, you know, whatever. And I would just say, like, be an example for people, you know, and never worry that people are going to like outperform you or outshine you because it's not a competition. Right. You know, we all need to shine our brightest in our own unique way. And I encourage other people to do the same because, you know, we live in a dim world sometimes. So feed your mind like you would feed your body, feed it good stuff. You know, I think if we just work hard, we're always learning, we're kind to other people, you know, good things will happen. It's like the golden rule, man. It's it's the simplest and purest way to approach life. Um, I appreciate you so much, you guys. I'm going to put all the links to Limitless as well as his podcast and yeah. Jim Quick's Instagram. Is there anything else you'd like to yeah. share with them? Yeah. For those people who have challenges with their reading, I actually just put on my Instagram profile a link for everybody. So it's a free one-hour masterclass on speed reading. And it's not frantic reading it's actually smart reading i'll show people if you get challenged like you want to read more like like i like that idea i'm going to read a you know a little bit each day you want to be better at it there's a link in my profile there that will take you to a, you just bring a book and do it online at your own time and uh, and I'll, I'll i'll help everybody here improve your readings be at least 50 percent with better focus and i just think that again if somebody wrote a book that there's for any problem that we have, there's probably somebody, an expert that wrote a book on it, you know? And so I keep loving orgasms next to my bed <laughs> there, there, for, there for, go. for just any friends who are like, you know, I'm having problems. Like, well, here you go. Hand it to your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your husband or your wife. Yeah, that was you the thing. Can that, learn. That, that was pretty much the, that's perfect bow on this conversation. We talked about the brain being the number one sex organ and sapiosexual. By the way, sapiosexual people are attracted to intelligence. Yes. For, that just, For those yeah, of you out there who are wondering what I was talking about, <laughs> it's not like a, you know, I'm not attracted to aliens. It's not what that meant. Well, also, well, maybe I'm not. I think aliens Brad, are probably really smart. I think Brad Pitt is an alien. Uh, well, then I am a uh, sapiosexual, a hundred percent. I'm out of this world, sapiosexual. <laughs> I agree with your desire to read. Um, one of the reasons that I was drawn to you is because of the plethora of information. And you know, my mother was such an avid reader. One book a week, at least. Wow. She kept a list of all the books she ever read, and I have a love of reading as well as my sister. So I agree with that. You guys go go and read. And it sometimes you know I get made fun of because I'm a nerd, and I also have hidden it i've hit it a lot throughout the years you know um thinking i need to portray um a ditz but these past few years you know you talked about you know what sort of changed with my life and losing my dad it was living my truth and realizing that being smart isn't an ugly 
you know attribute it's actually a really useful and beautiful thing to have so uh i'm not afraid to let my my gifted self shine good for you (laughs) and by doing so i just you know by semen saying that like i think you give people permission to just I, I just think that, you know, that's the journey we're all on to reveal and realize our fullest potential in whatever form it is. And I think reading is a great access point to that. So be, be as bright as, as you can be. I mean, you change your brain, you change your life, you change your brain, you, you change the world. You do. And you guys can change your brain by checking out Limitless. The link will be in the show notes as well as other ways to find Mr. Jim Quick. And Jim, you are a delight. Thank you so much for sharing. I only got through half of the notes, so you're going to have to come back on at some point whenever there's something else going on where we can communicate again. But we both have to personally thank Lexi for this moment. (laughs) Well, thank you, Jim. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And if you ever run into Brad Pitt... Hook up your girl. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.